When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Valerie Malte, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to another episode of Tobin Tonight here with Valerie Malte. Valerie, my very first question is, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Thank you. How about you? I'm doing well. Like we literally just moved into our new house here. So it's like, I, I usually have a, a better background than a red wall, but I figured mm-hmm. that the red wall is somewhat symbolic because like, we're going to talk about like being on team Canada, the Olympics. <laughs> so like, if it was like a, if it was like a blue wall, I'd be kind of like, Oh, she's not going to like that at all. <laughs> so yeah, I think the, the red wall is just perfect. Okay. <laughs> I'm well, actually I, at my dad's house right now. So. Oh, okay. Cause I, I was just yeah. about to ask you, if I start putting up Detroit Red Wings pictures here, you probably wouldn't like that as much, would you? <laughs> no, I'm cheering for uh, the Leafs. The Leafs. Okay. Yeah. Well, I do, I do have a Leafs jersey, but I mean, <laughs> I was tempted to wear it, but I was just like, what about if I wear a Leafs jersey? And then she's like, no, I, I don't like the Leafs. I would be like, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know ask- that the Leafs is a, a love and hate relationship, oh, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's like, you know what? They'll go to, it's like every year they'll go to the round one. And then that's when people are like, all right, here's where the real Leafs show up. And then it's like, no, this year is going to be different. It's like, it's not, though. It's not. Yeah, I know. I'm marrying a, a guy from Toronto, so he's, like, all about the history of the, the Maple, Leaf, Maple Leaf. But, hey, are we here to talk about the Maple Leafs? Or... That's true. That's a, whole, that's, that's a whole different podcast. Someone will be like, he yes. had her on for 60 minutes, and all they talked about was Leafs. Does he know who he has on? I want to ask you first to kind of really get into things of like the whole background. Cause now I followed the Olympics, which was hard because there was like no fan. There was like no fans in the stands pretty much. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Like how do the athletes get up for this? That would be, I guess my very first question for you is like over in Beijing, different from other Olympics. Like how, how does that mindset play in and how do you kind of stay focused? Cause you're looking around and usually when you have fans cheering yawn, are yelling out like come on give it that extra push now it's just like nothing for sure it was quite different like especially for an olympic game environment because of covid i think we got two years of doing the world cups with no crowd no noise in the rink so i would say that when i did my first world cup in uh, we actually did a world cup bubble in europe for in 2020 uh, in 2021 and there was like no crowd. That was weird. That was the weirdest moment of like, wow, there's like no noise right now. And we were, especially in the Netherlands where usually it's like full house. Yeah. And now it was like totally quiet. And obviously like we arrive at the game and like I've experienced uh, previously three Olympics experience. And like, I know that when there's 15,000 people in the stands, that's the, at the Olympics, that's the only place where we got we get that many people and like your ear, your ears are buzzing because 
there's just like so many noises and obviously it was like quiet at the game uh, but there was uh, some Chinese who were allowed to do a quarantine to go into uh, the rank and there was also more and more as the game went on uh, more and more Canadian when your country was in competition you could go and watch the event okay uh, so more and more there was like people when we arrived at our final uh, for the mass start, which was the last day of the Olympics, there was quite a lot of people. But for sure, it's not Olympic people. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. like how it is usually. But I mean, like, when you're doing your performance, it's you're so just like focused on that. So, like, I've experienced the Olympics, like I said before. So I knew what it was. So I, I didn't feel that I was missing something because I knew what it was. And now I was just there. I'm here for business and like, <laughs> I'm here to like, I know what I have to do. And like, whether there is like people here in person, I know everyone is, is cheering at home. So it wasn't too much of a factor that affected my performance. Do you find now, cause like past year's Olympics that you've been like part or partook or partaked in, like, do you find that that kind of helped with your experience this time? Cause I have read that like in 2014 going into Sochi, you kind of mentioned like the prior year or like the prior year's Olympics to that, you kind of felt like a little bit paralyzed with nervousness. I'm guessing now in 2022, you come home with gold, but like, were you more experienced in that sense where you kind of like, I've been here, but like obviously less crowd. So you're not worried about that. But was it more or less like I've been here already twice. I know what I'm here for. Like you said here for business. Was that like your mindset, like going into like the Mamba mentality? Yes. Yes. And it's, like for sure my, my experience from before helped me towards that performance. And at every Olympics that I've been, I've got lessons that it's important to understand the message and just learn from it and get better for next time. So I was in Vancouver in 2010, where it was an Olympic at home and yeah. it was crowded. I had no expectations other than I was hoping to be in the women's relay won the silver medal but i wasn't part of that i wasn't put on the ice so for me it was like okay if you want to be part of something you gotta put the work for it and then in sochi it was like i've done the work i'm ready and that was up to 2022 that was my best games and then in, in bay in pyeongchang in 2018 i was just like so ready and i, I got injured on the first day of the of the Olympics, so I got disqualified in my three events. <laughs> so it wasn't the greatest games in Beijing. That's the the Olympics where I I was the most ready. I was like so in control, and not only because we won gold in the team pursuit, but I also did the three k and the mass art as an individual distance. And I didn't win a medal, but I did the the best performance that I had in me. So yeah. it's like, it's important that what I learned before, it's like define your own success of like, what, how are you going to be happy at the end of the day with your performance if you don't win a medal? Because the games often people say like, oh, it's all about winning the medal. Otherwise they're like, oh, good job anyway. You're like, what do you mean good job anyway? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's always a little bit like that of like, it's important to stand on your ground of like knowing, no, I've done the best performance at the games in the, in the 3000 meter. 
I finished 12 and I was, when I came back in the change room, my intention were so clear. My plan was so clear to my, to my, with my coach, with my team around me and with my family that like, when I arrived in the change room, everyone was like, good job. Like you did great. You did this. And like, so I got like the cheer up, like I won my gold medal, you know? So I think it's really important of defining your own success of like, how do you want to feel successful at the end of the day? Because at the Olympics, there's only three medals. So obviously you might not come back with a medal. So it's important to stand on your ground and just like, be like, I'm, I'm happy with that, you know? And, and obviously we won gold also in the team pursuit. And it's important to control what you can control because I'm with two other girls. It was, Plus, it was COVID, so it's like make sure you don't get sick. But like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like I need to be sure that I don't get sick, <laughs> and I'm I need after, to be I'm ready. looking after me. Yeah, yeah, and like if you if you do yourself like uh, on your own the good thing, I think the people around you will also like you know you lead by your action and not by your word, and that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you as a follow-up here, cause like, I know 2010, we were talking about in Vancouver, it's at home. Now, like when yeah. you look at star athletes and like, for example, Michael Jordan didn't even make his high school basketball team turns out to be like the greatest player of all time in NBA. Like there's a lot of stories that you find like later on in life like that. Like what did you take out of where, like, I'm going to use the word, like they didn't play you or they didn't put you on the ice per se in Vancouver. Like did that, kind of motivate you to come back better or be like, all right, I, I have to make sure next time that it's not even an option. Like they just go to me or did you kind of take that as like, all right, like I get it. I'm still young. I have to kind of earn my spot here. Cause in my mind, if it was in me in that situation, there's two aspects. I'd look at my age and I'd be like, okay, who did they put out? Do they want more experience? But then in the back of my mind, I'd also be thinking a little bit like egotistical and being like, well, like, God damn, I came all this way. Like, why are you putting me here? So like, yeah. what was your kind of approach? I, I got a little bit of both, I would nice. say. Okay. But when I qualified for my first Olympics in 2010, I was uh, just freshly 19. And I think, yes, I was young. I only did two uh, senior World Cup before uh, qualifying on the, for the Olympics. And in my mind, when I qualified in August 2009, and the Olympics are in February 2010, yeah. in the history of short track speed skating, the women's team really always have won medals at the Olympics since they started in 1992. And so I was, um, before even being at the game, before, like, we're talking about six months before the Olympics. In my mind, I was like, all right, I'm on the Olympic team. I'll be a medalist in February. And like, that was a mistake, obviously. And, and I realized that only in February when I think I, I, I trained in a way of just like those six months, just like, I got this kind of like not learning or trying to be better. Just like a little bit of, I was there and like, just keep doing what I was doing and just enjoying the, the, the ride. And, I think like it was a good slap in the face at the Olympics, a good wake up call of like, my first reaction is that I was mad at my coach. I was mad at my teammate. And like, and then quickly I realized that like, I need to point the finger at me. And it's like, this is my fault. Like, I think I screwed this up. Like, I don't think I put all the effort that I needed to do 
in order to be on that line at the Olympics. And so I came back home and I did an interview with a journalist who was trying to make me say that I was mad at my teammate and I was mad at everyone else. And uh, I was like, no, you know what? Like, it's, it's fine. I think the only person that I need to be mad at, it's me. And what I can say today is that I, I'm not going to let my coach, the doubt uh, or the choice to put yeah. me on the line or not in 2014. Valerie Malte will be on that line in 2014. And then from that day, I was just like putting all of the effort that I could do. And that doesn't mean that I was finishing still all the training because the training program is always made, created for your best athlete on the national team to make sure that you're always pushing that person, always pushing the athletes to get better. And I was in the fastest. And so it's like, I needed to put on some work. And my coach explained to me that when you're doing your 70, 75% of the training program, that's your 100%. Yeah. So like, once you understand that you don't get discouraged and like you have someone who's giving you feedback and taking, taking data on you. And it's just like, even though you didn't finish, it's like, good job. And like yeah. understanding what you need, like there's a general program, but like we're 15 women on the team. It's like, yeah, it's not one plan that was working for everyone. And like, I think that's, it's something that need to be explained and need to be understand all the time. I feel in the high performance level, because you always want to prove yourself that and prove sometime yeah. i guess the other people also that what you're worth and like what you're good at and um so that's what i i did at training and i think i i saw a big improvement in 2012 i became canadian uh, champion for the first time like at the senior level and then at the world championship two months later i became vice world champion and i did um and I did a few months later, a world record in the thousand meter, uh, won my first like real senior world cup medal. And in 2014, I finished that really, not only I was on the line, but I, I crossed the line, like in, in that relay in Sochi. And it was just like, the feeling was just amazing of like, I proved to myself that I could keep a promise of like, I'm going to yeah. do my best. And like, you know, like never look back, but just like always looking forward of just like, this happened it's okay let's look forward like what can i take from this and just like kind of always move on hello i'm wendy mesley there you are a lot of people have wondered what happened to you i could say the same about you maureen holloway well here we are a few years after we left our previous jobs we've been busy we have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, women of ill repute. You know, when you're talking about like a team and like each individual's performance, like, you know, for example, if I was relating it to like hockey or soccer, it's like 
if I'm good at offense, but I'm not good at defense, doesn't mean that everybody on the team has to practice defense. Just means me, I have to work on my defense. But I like how, you know, in terms of speed skating, because there is an audience out here that's going to watch this and be like, who's this speed skater? Like, what is speed skating? You know, it, it is what it is. But there was a quota or saying here that you went from in the process of learning and getting better, you went from getting, I guess, into the back, into the front, like you wanted to be more of the front of the pack more. Can you explain yeah. that to people who maybe don't really understand what that means in speed skating? Cause like I can look at it on TV and just be like, all right, I get what she's going for. But for the general audience, who's like, what does she mean by that? Well, in, in short track speed skating, it's a race against other skater where you need to qualify yourself in order to make it to the final and everything like every race is, is all in one day. And the goal is to always cross the line first and, or at least like one or, or two, depending on like the qualifying aspect. So what I change a little bit is like from being always at the pack and like at the back of the pack and always like kind of wait to make a move and like, in short track speed skating, a lot of things can happen. Like you can have falls in front of you. You can have someone who do a bad pass and, or you could do a bad pass. And like you get this qualification more often than not. And yeah. <laughs> so I started to, and we, like my coach was telling me like, you're strong, just go at the front and like or close to the front and uh, make your strategy, make the other ones react to you instead of reacting to people. And that was the key the key point that make me start winning as races. No, as I, simple I, as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I just wanted it to be a little bit more explained. Cause uh, again, sometimes with certain athletes, they'll just be like, I, I don't understand it. Can they break it down for me? So no, thank you for that. Yeah. Two aspects here that I like that involve the number four, because it says here, cause I've got it here in the notes here, but it's like in 2022, you were the first long track speed skater that you won gold medals in both short track and long track it's only like four athletes to do that in the olympics in terms of bringing home gold but i also look so that's the good the bad was almost like there's a time frame here i think it was like 2020 or 2012 you won bronze there's a photo finish and then there was like another one that you win silver i believe you you had one that you won gold and then they said that you almost won four medals but one of your like in a team skate one of your teammates had fallen down and then you get disqualified. And I'm like, it's like, all right, so you got robbed of four medals, but on the <laughs> other side, you're only like four people who have ever won short and long track. So like, I guess I want to ask you, are you more of a team player or is it individual success? Cause I, I won't leave you dry. I'm more of an individual guy where I feel like if I lose, it's on me. If I win, all right, give me the credit. Where a team, I'm kind of like, sometimes I get carried by a team and I feel like I did nothing. I did shit. So it's almost like, yeah, great. I got this like medal, but I feel like I did nothing. But, you know, if we lose the medal, I'm also kind of like got to be a little bit humble. Like, okay, that's not my problem that we lost the medal, but I can't go out and point fingers. So what are you? Are you a team player or individual is like where I'm at? Uh, I'm definitely a a team player uh, where I think I... Well, at first, I, I think I got most of my success in team event, but yeah. I always did my individual event also. And I did have my success also. But being on a team, it's not only in the team pursuit in long track or 
in the relay in the short track. It's also on a daily basis at training also. I cannot train alone. Like on the ice, I need people to push me. I need my my teammates to do the laps, to do the speed, so I can try to chase them or when it's my turn to pull them and just like to push each other and like in the right direction. And when we arrive in competition, you're mentioning like, oh, when your, your teammate fell, it's yeah. like, I don't even think about that. It's like, it's really a team effort of just like, yeah, we fell and okay. this happened. It, I guess it's just with years, like it's not even like something that I am forcing myself to think of. It's just like the way that I been taught, I guess. And always like, I always need the people like since I'm, since I'm young, it's like, I need teammates. I need people around me. I like to be alone. Like yeah, I yeah. like to do my own thing also. Uh, and I have a say, a quote of like, I don't know if it's like translate very well in English, but silence is a friend who never gonna like give you a trajan. No, is that, does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. I, I, well, I can imagine it. Yeah. Oh, silence is a friend who's never gonna betray you. I think that's better. Okay. okay. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes you need to be quiet. Like, does people annoy me sometimes? It's like, yes, of course. And like, do you agree all the time with people? No. And like, I think it's just like something that at some point you just need to let it go a little bit of just like, I don't agree, but I don't need to say it. Like where, yeah, okay. where is it going to go? And I think that as a team sport, like I'm training with, like I said, like 15 women on the team in short track, it's like, we don't all agree. And like, we argue and it's just like, Sometimes it's just like, if that person you don't agree with her, just don't say anything. And tomorrow you're going to be happy to see her again, you know? So. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> you see, that would be the opposite of being on like a ball hockey or soccer team of mine, where it's like, if, I, <laughs> if I'm in net and I screw up, I'm literally like looking at my teammates. And I'm like, all right, that's on me. But if it's like, I screwed up because there's a defenseman in the way and they did, and I sell, yelled out screen or you're in my way and they didn't move, then that's what I'm kind of like, why why didn't you listen to me and i'm like brian don't be so harsh and i'm just still like i'm just trying to make everyone better i think that having like with speed skating i think that's the the thing that is beautiful like either in short track or long track you have your individual event you have your own goals where you can just like think of you and then after that you come come up as a team so i think there's a good balance of just like my performance, my success is not always depending on, on, on others. And I think it's really reassuring to go together in the team pursuit, for example. It's like I can share to Isabel or to Eveny, like, oh, I feel nervous or today I yeah. don't feel good or today I feel good, girls. And like, if I say I'm, I'm feeling good and someone's like, oh, okay, okay, I feel not so good, but like, she's nervous too. Like we're sharing like how we feel. Yeah. And that's a really good, it's it makes us feel better. Yeah. It's a boost. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's a, it's a booster. I feel like in yeah. most cases, if I'm on a team and I go, I feel good. They're just still like, well, if he feels good, then we must feel like great because he's the weak link on our team. <laughs> like if the weak link on our team feels really good, we have to be very confident. I'm just like, guys, could you whisper? Like, I can hear you. You're saying it out loud. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you, because like, again, with speed skating, like, you know, when we're younger, you pick a sport. I'll be honest. I figured I'd be a hockey player. I ended up getting into bowling and people laugh at me for that. And I'm like, you know what? Fair, open door. But 
tell me a little bit about how you got into speed skating. Like, was there other options on the table? Cause I know like going through your Instagram, it seems like you like biking as well. I, I kind of see that with like the summer of speed skating. It's almost like, well, if I can't speed skate, I'll bike. When you went to school and told people, like, I guess at age six, you started, oh man, I'm in speed skating where people like <laughs> speed skater over here. <laughs> Um, I was actually, I learned how to skate, uh, on figure skates. I was a figure skater for a few years. So I put my first skates at three years old and I started figure skating. I think at like, at like really figure skate, I guess, uh, okay. uh from four to six, I did a few competitions, but at the end of the day, I was always asking my coach to do a race from one end to the ice uh, to the other. And so I, I always love that competition side, always like, oh, do you want to race me? And like, <laughs> but I was on my speed skate and my, my dress. And I think I, up to this day, I always love, oh, I have a figure skating, always have a place in my heart. But my mom saw, saw that competitive side and like she signed me up for speed skating when I was six at my hometown club. And I cried to not go on the ice, but also cried to not leave it. It was really like, I loved it, like the first practice. And last year, I think, my dad, for the first time, I was like, why you didn't tell me that before? He said, my strategy was like for you to go in short track and then play hockey. I wanted you to be a hockey player. And I was like, well, I guess I didn't. I never played hockey and I'm really not good at it. I know how to skate, but I don't know how to play with the puck. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like the fastest skater, but then they'd be like, man, Marie-Philippe Poulin is always setting her up and she's there, but she never taps it in. Why is she here? I would not. It's like she's she's keeping up with her the whole way through the ice. Like in most cases, she beats her to the end of the ice. But then it was like when she asks her to get set up, Poulin's coming to the bench going like, what are you doing? And she's like, I can skate. I just can't finish. She would be mad at me. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it's interesting because I was going to say like with speed skating, like if you're really involved in it and you talked about doing it on figure skates first, like I can imagine if we were talking to you as the figure skater, it's like, you know, when they do the programs for like dance competitions, it's literally like, you're like, okay, what song is she going to dance to? It's like, oh, mumbo number five. Then everyone's like really excited. And then all it is, is you going end to end of the ice back and forth. You see the scores actually... and like someone's like seven. And then they're like, wow, she did really well considering she didn't do no triple sow cows, no nothing, but she got seven. <laughs> like somehow I remember like my routine that I did like at, at this one competition. And I was dancing on the song from Beauty and the Beast uh, that Celine Dion is singing. Okay. Well, back in the days, we could not use the lyrics. It was just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. it was just like, I was starting my my routine and like my parents have it on video. So like, I need to, I do a spin and I need to leave. And like yeah. halfway through, I'm like, oh shit, I'm going the wrong direction. Try so just <laughs> break and then go the other direction. So it's like, I want a silver medal, but I guess they yeah. were giving medals to everyone. Yeah, but- it's almost like if that, if that was like on national TV and you heard commentaries be like, it seems like she's lost track of what she had to do, but she recovered <laughs> yeah. quite well, but that's going to lose marks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I tried also like many different sports. Like there was only ice like a few months a year. So then I did like soccer, which I was not really good. I love to be in the water. Mm-hmm. I did swimming. I did one competition. I finished last. I was like, you know what? Compti- competition might not be for me everywhere. And I just kept swimming, but no competition. Yeah, just to enjoy uh, it. Yeah, just to enjoy it. Enjoy it. And I also did road cycling. Like I signed up for the club 
and mountain biking. I don't know for what reason exactly, but I hated biking when I was young. So I, I was just like, I love to bike, but I don't want to be on the road. Like I love okay. to be on the mountain bike, but I don't want to be in the club. Like you're probably like a, a, a car driver's best friend where it's like, I love to bike, but I don't want to be on the road. They're like, I want more Valerie's on the road where it's literally like, <laughs> we don't have to worry about her. She's not going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now I'm training, like I'm doing like on an average, like 10,000 kilometer on my road bike every year. And I just like, I simply love it. Like, it's like, we have like training on you. Like, for example, this week I got a little, little uh, injury that I cannot put my skate right now, but I can do everything else. So like okay. I've been biking every day and it's just like, I'll be fine. Like next week I'm just going to back on my skates, but you know, like biking is also a really good combination with long track speed skating. So it's uh, yeah. It's nice that I enjoy it. Otherwise <laughs> my summer will be long. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you, cause like, you know, with the competitive nature, uh, do you find that there's a time that you can like switch it on and off? Cause I can imagine like, if that's the case, that's good. But I wonder if like, if you're at like the YMCA and you're just going for a swim and then you see like a little kid pass you or paddle a little bit faster in your mind, do you go like, I gotta, I gotta outrace this kid. It's gotta be in me. Or do you just kind of be like, no, you know what? I'm here to relax. That's fine. Cause my mind if anyone passes me at like ball hockey or soccer or anything, even if it's just me playing a pickup game, it just gets motored on. I'm just like, Oh, you, th- you think you're better than me? It's like, all right. <laughs> like, dude, that's your nephew. And he's eight. Let him like, and I'm just like, no, I got to show him who's boss. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I, th- I think that's probably the reason why at 32 years old, like I'm still able to be in the sport and really just simply enjoy it. I think the the main reason why I still speed skate or I train every day is because I love it and I have a, a passion and I have a really good, I like to call it instead of like switch on, switch off. Yeah. I have a really good eco mode okay. of like when I'm not competing, I'm chill. When it's time to turn it on, now my like I'm on full speed. Like, don't don't distract me. But like, when I'm doing my training, like on the bike, for example, where you have like the weekend warrior like passing you like super yeah. fast. <laughs> my boyfriend get really irritated by it. It's like, oh, I'm gonna show him. And for me, <laughs> I'm a little bit like, no, let him go. Like, yeah. who cares? You're doing your training right now. Like he, he so, just wants to go he just wants to go home and tell his wife or kids he's like, you know that, you yeah. know that speed skater? I just passed let her. him win. I just passed her. And I'd be like, I'm I'm better. And then just like, yeah, but dad, she probably was just out enjoying herself and now you're the ass who came home and <laughs> bragged and beat he beat an Olympian at what? speed like speed walking or speed biking or something and then just like yeah but i i did it and it's like but nobody cares even had my backpack on <laughs> yeah yeah come up with the excuse of like i had extra weight and i still beat her it's like yeah but she didn't even try she's out there enjoying herself hi i'm steve yurko and i'm tara sands now available from maji media is our new podcast for kids flashback Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. 
I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. I want to ask you kind of like the fun aspect of things. Like now when you're not speed skating and you're not biking, what kind of things do you do like to kind of keep yourself mellow? Like are there certain TV shows you like? Are there certain like things that you kind of do during the summer that put you at ease? Cause like to me, I like playing games. I like, you know, just watching some hockey relaxing, shooting a, a ball in the backyard until someone yells out, you suck. Then it kind of is like, all right, I'll go back in and get that confidence back up. But like, what kind of things do you do in the off season? Just kind of keep you mellow. First, I'm, I'm really comfortable staying home. Like I, I always make sure that my house is like somewhere I like to be and make myself like really comfy. I just moved to Quebec City this summer with my fiance. So we're just like setting up our house. And that's what we've been doing. Like we didn't go anywhere uh, this summer or after the Olympics. It was just like we moved from Calgary, Alberta to, <laughs> to Quebec City. Okay. So that was uh, pretty busy. And, but it was actually really fun of just not only move and set up your house, but also just discovering a new town. Like we both never lived. I'm from Saguenay, which is like two hours north of Quebec City. So, but I never lived in Quebec City, so it's really fun to just like discover a new town. So, and we live like ra- right in the the old town. So this okay. summer it was like so busy with just like so many tourists, and we did like a few like touristy activity in our own town. So it was just like just super fun, or just staying home watching TV show. Like we've been watching how I met your mother. Like I watched it to learn wow, French okay. a few years ago. I never finished the show. So don't spoil me. Who's oh, like okay, the mother. Okay. okay we both don't know. <laughs> I was going to say like, I, I actually, no joke here. I was actually going to be like, I wonder if she watches TV and if she does, I'm going to see if she watches how I met your mother. But then I didn't want to sound like next minute. If you're like, never heard of it. I'd be like X for Brian because <laughs> like he, it was false, but yeah, no, I won't ruin it for you. But, that's a show that when I was younger, I grew up on Boy Meets World, love Boy Meets World. And then as an adult, I kind of, I, I kind of missed Friends. My friends were really into Friends, but I didn't get into it till it was like done and over with. And then I kind of felt bad because I was like, man, I'm kind of watching reruns and I know there's not new episodes. But then when I got mm-hmm. into How I Met Your Mother, I was like, oh my God, this is a lot like Friends, but I can keep up with it. Like I can get excited every week when there's a new episode. And I don't know. I related to Ted. I was in like university at Carleton and like everything that Ted was going through with relationships. I was kind of like, man, I'm like the Ted here. And then someone would be like, no, Ted's better looking. And I'd be like, okay, but can I just kind of relate to a character here? Why are you bringing me down? <laughs> as long as I'm not yeah, the Barney too much, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at season six right now. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting close. Yeah. I- and, uh, no, go ahead. How many seasons there is? I think with I think with uh, How I Met Your Mother, I believe there's nine because I believe they were close enough to Friends because I think Friends has ten, so I think there's nine. But like, in fairness, like it feels like the ninth season. Like I'm not giving you spoilers, but it feels like it's kind of dragged out into like a long 
like one episode that's dragged into like because it's oh, i yeah. think it's like at a, i think it's like at a wedding but it's like the whole season is a wedding for the most part and then how every person's story adds up to this wedding and i'm just still like oh it's, it's almost like writers were in the room like how do we clue up this series it's like i don't know you didn't think that far ahead it's like no oh, <laughs> you didn't shit. expect us to go this far right that's good to know that's good yeah. to know it's always like with certain se- or with certain shows certain tv shows like you love it and then like when a certain character leaves like not in this case but if a certain character leaves or you just see the writing on the wall like i was a big that 70s show fan but then when like start when the certain the actors started leaving i'm like why am i watching the next season when three of the main cast are just they're done i'm like that's three people that i associated with yeah it's tough it's tough you got to find a good like sitcom or show that you're like okay i'm i'm invested but sometimes you got to kind of separate yourself because you get too invested then you're just going to be like the mad person on the internet like how dare you write off this person they'll be like why are you so worried the show (laughs) yeah they're made up people (laughs) yeah we watch like so many like just like i love my girly uh tv show where it's just like easy to watch like like you turn your brain off but (laughs) my fiance is not going to watch it with me. It's just like me and my iPad that exists. Yeah. Otherwise like Seinfeld, shoot, I forget the name, like where they are in oh, the office. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we rewatch all of these like episodes of just like you watch it, like what, while you're eating and like, just like, and otherwise I love to cook. I love to go in a grocery store. I love going in a new grocery store and trying to find like new things. And, um, cooking i just love to like be in the kitchen like have like a new cookbook and just like try new recipes i went into a grocery store recently and i was so used to being in ottawa going to pubs and getting sweet potato fries i remember telling my friend like i don't know why i didn't tell him earlier but i was just like i'm in newfoundland i was like man i don't go to pubs as much down here which is the irony because newfoundland is great for pubs and i was like man, I really like some sweet potato fries. He's like, you know, you can just go into like a grocery store and McCain's has sweet potato fries. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? why? And then I went to McCain, I went to the grocery store, found them. And I was like, so you're telling me for like six years, I haven't had sweet potato fries. And I could have had them the whole time. I was, just <laughs> like, I was like, I'm, I'm happy that you told me, but I'm also mad you didn't tell me sooner because you know how much I love them. So that's the beauty of the grocery stores. Why would be like your canadian go-to meal like i know a lot of people like when you ask them from like the states or australia and you mentioned poutine or poutine they're kind of like yeah they're kind of like what is that that sounds disgusting and then they have it and they're like where has this been like what's your take number one on poutine and what would be your canadian go-to meal like if you could have any meal in the world and it's in canada and you're just like gotta have it first poutine my rule is once a year Okay. So I have my annual poutine after the season, usually, where I I lived in Montreal for 12 years, and this is where my rule started, where okay. I was going to that restaurant that is was open like 24 hours, and I was getting the one with like chopped hot dogs and just like oh, pretty wow. sick. Okay. <laughs> now that I moved to Calgary, that rule didn't really affect, but during the uh, COVID, we started doing poutine like at home. We did it twice. It's like homemade. Like once we were like, we fried our fries yeah. and just yeah. like make it like from scratch. It was amazing. And this year 
I had my poutine in a stadium as a, as a soccer uh, match. And I was just like, what a waste of my annual poutine. Like he wasn't that good. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh no, no, I need to wait next year. But yeah. I'm really good when I keep my, I keep promises. Like I was just like, Nope, next year. That's fine. Well, that's good. I, I, I yeah. but I give you the pass. If it's not great, it's common. Like, you know, if I go out and I love sour keys, but I don't get the sour keys I like, I just get like an off brand. I'm like, okay, those didn't count because they're not the good kind, but I like how you're yeah. like, it doesn't matter. I still had them. So it counts. So yeah. Credit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I would say that's something when, when I'm away that I miss, it's either a taco bake or okay. uh, just like a Mexican like dish that my mother-in-law is, is doing. And it's just like, Mwah. otherwise sushi. That's something that I often crave, like when I come back home. Okay. I, I'm, I'm glad that these are like, you know, post, post-match or post-game material or meals. Because I can just imagine if it was just like you finish like fourth or fifth. And then inst- instead of coming to the podium and being like, man, that's on me. You're like, listen, guys, I had poutine before I did the race. It wasn't good. Or even worse, we are like, man, I had a beaver tail. That's, that's, that's fulfilling. Like I never had a beaver tail until I went to Ottawa and skated on the canal. And I was like, what is this thing you call a beaver tail? And then they gave me one. I was just like, I don't think I can eat for like another week. I was like, what did you, what did you do? <laughs> like I live now in old Quebec, like I said, and there like, it's really touristy and I have like those beaver tail restaurant, like just by my house. And yeah. We when we're walking, we can have the smell, and it's like we haven't been. I'm like, no, it's I had a beaver tail like years ago. But it's like, like you said, I could not eat for a week if I'm having that. Like, how yeah. is there a lineup every I, day I think, at that I think, store? I just think it's cruel because it's on the canal, and the canal is a long skate, and it's like one at the like a kind of the beginning of it and the end, and it's almost oh, like wow. they suck you. It's like they suck you in because it's like, hey, you're out, you're gonna have this Canadian experience. Have a beaver tail before you start. You're like. <laughs> absolutely i will and then like halfway after you eat it you're like why am i here i still have to skate the you guys are ruthless (laughs) it's like how many of you canadians do this and then there's like one canadian that's like dressed to the nines getting ready to go and he's got the beaver tail already like two or three packed because he's a veteran he knows what the deal is he's going to do the route and then finish up with the beaver tail to fill him up and i'm like you've been here before you've done this awesome (laughs) It's like the friend that calls the Uber before you go out and drink because they know it's the plan. But when you're new, you're like, uh, we'll do it when we get home. And then it's like, okay, but how are we getting home? And by the time you go out and drink and then try to get the Uber, you're, you, you get lucky and you drunk dial your friend and be like, pick me up. And then it's like, I'm not the Uber. So you always got to have one person who's been there before yeah we'll get into a little bit of the fun aspect i like to call this like the rapid fire aspect of it and sometimes we put this on like social media depending on like how well it goes and sometimes it's just people like the fun aspect of rapid fire i want to and i kind of lose control of it because i'm going with a random question generator here so the first random question (laughs) that's scary oh it is but i can always like you can always tag me and be like hey i don't want to answer that question and then i will embarrass myself because i'm the host 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 it's like it's a privilege uh i want to ask for the first random question here what is your biggest fear i'm really scared of uh, lightning really i got a friend who got who got struck by lightning when i was at a training camp since then like if there's thunder 
it's like you find me like running home like i'm really not comfortable really oh okay see so that's where we would not mesh because i would be the one to be like come on Val, we're going out in this thunderstorm you'd be like you are so ruthless and mean i'd be like why what's wrong <laughs> yeah no it's impossible like i have a cat at home we have two cats but i have one that i call my thunder buddy <laughs> oh okay that's that's good mm-hmm. if you weren't in speed skating because it just says what sport but if you weren't in speed skating what sport do you think that you'd uh, like to give a try or think that you'd you'd be good um, at? i never tried it but i always uh love that sport is uh diving okay I would think I, the uh, easy answer, I thought the cop-out answer would be like, well, if it's not speed skating, rollerblading. And I'd be like, all right, come on now. I like to be in the warm. And <laughs> like, I don't, I'm doing a winter sport, but I, I could, I could try summer sport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Canada has rollerblading and just be like, well, Valerie has now taken up rollerblading and she is owning her competition in that too. I'd be like, could you just not share? I share actually did the Pan American game in the uh, inline speed skating. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, in Toronto in uh, 2014. And, ha- and how did you find that? Was it enjoyable or were you kind of like, I'm glad I'm sticking to speed skating? I'm glad I stick to speed skating, <laughs> but it was a really great experience. It was a summer game and it was close to, to the Olympics. So it was really fun to be around different sports that I've, I'm never around. So it was a really great experience. Another, and once again, a home game also. So it was okay. really nice. Yeah. What is your biggest accomplishment to date? And you can't say this podcast because that's a cop out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say it's my transition from short track to long track. Not only for my performances and the success that I got winning a gold medal, but just what it took, not only as an athlete, but as a human, what I learned uh, from it. Because I wasn't expecting to qualify. Like I was just like, I'm going to try long track. I have no idea. I've never skated long track before. And just, okay, my career might end next year. I have no plan of like going back to short track. It was like plan A or just like I'm done. And so I had to, and I found myself like really insecure of like, oh, what am I like outside of the sport? So I I had to do a lot of um, work on myself and cleaning and like meeting people to really understanding what, what I'm good at and what is, what do I like other than skating in circles? (laughs) So I want to ask you, this is like a follow-up question, not like a random one, just because I like where you went with that topic, but like, cause we had Bianca address you on and she had kind of mentioned the same thing of like, you know, when she won the U S open and then like, you know, she's at the highest of highs, people are coming after her more or less saying like how great she is, you know, Canadian athletes are saying, okay, she's doing great. Then she kind of slides off a bit. And then she's kind of more or less saying like, she had to rediscover herself. She had to go find the passion again for tennis. I'm looking at it as if to say, like, if you're good at this sport, like, you know, you're, you're still way better than a lot of us that want to play it. But like, how do you find the passion or find your way back to the sport? Like it can't just be as easy as going to training every day and being like, cause I think that gets repetitious and annoying. So how do you fall back in love with a sport? It's, it's hard like to, I think it's hard to really, answer your specific question but i i, I can go like a little yeah, yeah. Like, like give your, give your own exa- yeah give your own example, because i think yeah. i never lost the passion of my sport but i for sure like question myself of like am i gonna last in the sport like when i yeah. when i transferred to long track i was like i still love to train i want to do this i want to try to be successful but i've never 
like I've never done that sport. So it's like, yeah. what am I good at on a daily basis? I can bike, I can lift, I can run. I can like be in a skating position, but I have, I'm doing a different sport here. So being good at other things, but not being so good in long track at first, it was really a good like balance of like the girls and my coach would help me more on the ice, but I could help them like back on the bike and like just feel good at something else. And at some point it just like evened out a little bit. But also when, once I qualified on the national team in long track, I was not winning medal. So it's like, how do I feel satisfied at the end of the day? Not only like, oh, you're not winning medals. Because like I said earlier, medals, there's only three at the end of the day. And like most often than not, like it's, if you're not winning, it's like, oh, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you need to find, like you need to define your own success. And that's what I understood. But most of it is like what I, what I found of like, if I'm not a speed skater anymore, what am I? How yeah. can I be successful? if I'm not a speed skater and I don't think I have the full answer yet because I'm still skating, but at, at least now I found my way like in school and like, I can talk when I'm meeting people, what I like to do after my career and just like being more specific for myself of like, this is what I, I, I think I would be good at and like try to feel like successful in something else than just like uh, skating. So I think it brings, ease feeling of just like i'm going to training because this is my choice i love it but if i don't succeed it's okay like at the end of the day like i'm happy in my life and at some point it's like this is not and at least at me for me like yeah. i think like some people can maybe take bits of it but i think like for me like it's not my it's not the medals who's going to make me happier happier at the end of the day and of course, like I want to win medals, but it's like, and I'm, and I'm working every day for it, but it's like, I'm training because first I love it. I want medals, but if I don't, I have other stuff too. So sure. My last question for you is like, when you're talking about like post-career and things that you tell people like you're interested in doing, what kind of things would you be interested in doing? Cause I know like a lot of athletes like going into broadcasting and to me, it's a double-edged sword from someone who studied, went to communication school um, and wanted to be in broadcasting. When I see an ex-athlete go into broadcasting, I was just like, man, that's just my job. What are you doing? But at the same point, <laughs> I understand that networks are like, well, she actually played the sport. What are you? And I'm just like, well, can I just be the talking guy and then she be the analytics person? Cause like that works well. And they're like, nah, I'm just like, Oh man, like why, why even have these programs? But like, is that something you look into like broadcasting? If you say yes, I'll find you. No, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm not going to make you, you mad. No, no, no. Okay, good. I'm okay. not going to make you mad tonight. It's all right. No, actually, I, I did study as a dietitian. Okay. And when I did my internship, I found out that I preferred, I, I did maybe that class to just like for my own uh, knowledge more than telling people how they should eat, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And, um, so now I, I'm doing um, a certificate in psychology and uh, human resource uh, resources, like uh, okay. management a little bit. And I did the communication bachelor. So it's like I'm mixing all of that. 
uh, because like now <laughs> being older, like I've got like a few degrees, I guess. So what I would like to do is being in this, I'm guessing I'll be in the sport when I'm, when I'm all retired in English, that would be like, just like a sport intervention, like managing, okay. like probably like, um, a sport organization or like being in the, on the human resources side of just like helping an organization to build themselves like towards an event or okay toward just like the organization. So I feel that it's not really clear in a sense that I know what I would like to do, but I, I think there's just like not a specific title, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. It's just, it's just <laughs> what you're interested in. And if someone came up to you and said, Hey, we see what you did for your education. Would you be interested in doing this? Cause it actually kind of ties in everything that you've done. You'd be like, yes, but what is that? Yeah. Title? Yeah. You're like, you'd be asking. Like I would be myself probably like manager or like coordinator. Or okay. Like director probably like of the world. A, no. <laughs> <laughs> like probably an organization or like, I would love to work with the COC, the Canadian Olympic committee. And right. uh, so, yeah, just like, being with the athletes, being with people, but maybe a little bit more in the background. Okay, that's fair. I, I am yeah. I am breathing a sigh of relief because now I don't have to worry about you entering broadcasting. And then one day I apply for a job, and they'd be like, "Actually, you won't believe that you are <laughs> you are top three in our finalists." But then Valerie just entered the room, and she gets it. And I'd just be like, "Ah, I'm going to send her a wordy email." <laughs> but I gotta say that if we asked me, I would probably. Love to try it. Valerie? That would be in French. <laughs> okay, that French. French. okay, that's fine. Cause then you don't want to no, hear no. my awful <laughs> accent like on TV. No, I no, that's, that's fine. Your, your, <laughs> English is, your English is better than like my French would be. So that's, uh, if, that, if, that was the, if that was the deciding factor, they'd be like, but she can speak English. Can you speak French? And be like, get me Valerie on the phone right now. I got a few words. <laughs> I, there's a few words that I need to avoid. <laughs> that it's like so hard to pronounce so like yeah. doing uh, saying hair or air it's like so okay. hard to make sure that i don't miss it like but, but i feel like them. people would give you the pass because it's french right like it's like if you come down here and listen to a new flat sport and then they're going like, what did he, what did he do? What is he at? And then they'd be like, Newfoundlanders would understand it. But someone like Eastern Ontario or Quebec would be like, what does he mean? What is he at? And I'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, oh, come here. I'll tell you. I'll explain it. <laughs> Valerie, I loved having you. It was a great chat. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks a lot. I had a lot of fun. Stay positive. Don't say uh, too much that you suck at things. Yeah, I think yeah, you're great. Uh, you're great at this, actually. I don't know you, but you're great yeah. at this. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Valerie Malte for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thank you for listening, and good night. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.